We got a tasty treat for all you rock and rollers out there. The prolific and perennial New York City punk rock band The Men are joining us in the studio. The Men burst into the public eye in 2010-2011, releasing albums Immaculata and Leave Home, respectively. Their high-energy and hard-driving music was indicative of the high-energy and extensive work ethic possessed by this band. Incessant touring, lineup changes, and a studio release just about every year has since solidified The Men as rock and roll royalty in the punk underground. We got them in the studio on the heels of their 2023 release, New York City, on Fuzz Club Records, called a gaudy rock album filled with gaudy rock and roll gestures by Zach Sconfeld in his Pitchfork review, giving the record a respectable rating of 7.1. We're going to hear some songs from the new record, as well as some old stuff, uh, and I cannot wait. But first, got to take care of just a couple things. I want to take a moment to send a huge thank you to Joel, Tony, and Chris from Studio G. Uh, it's so good to be back in this immaculate studio. We recorded a few sessions here pre-pandemic and haven't been back for a couple years, and it really feels like we're home. Studio G is a 10,000-square-foot multi-room recording facility in Brooklyn, named for the train that runs underneath us. We encourage anyone looking for studio time to consider. They have everything you need. StudioGBrooklyn.com. We also need to take a moment to thank our guest engineer, Jeet Baderoy. Paul's back there running the council and the tape deck, but Jeet's doing a lot of hard work, and his help is crucial, so big thanks to Jeet. Uh, now let's get to the music. They are here. They are the men.
That was great. Do you guys want to go around and just introduce yourselves as individuals real quick? Sure. I'm Mark. I'm Nick Terakazi. My name is Rich, and I used to live <laughs> off the G train. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was the first song that you guys wrote as, as a band, correct? In some ways. I mean, yeah. we, we, thought about, we were thinking about how to respond to the, to the first idea. And, uh, you know, I mean, Nick and I have been writing songs together for so long, I, I, I legitimately don't know what the first song we, we wrote is. But I think this song, to me at least, I don't know what Nick thinks, but like it, it was a first in, in a lot of different ways. It was the first song that we wrote for the record that uh, Leave Home that was on Sacred Bones, which was, which was our first record on Sacred Bones, on a label. We had always done records on our own, through our own label. Before that, it, it was the first song, in my mind, that sort of encapsulates my, my favorite part about the band, which is just kind of strumming an E chord as you know, loud and repetitively forever. And so it just it it, re, it it represented a first to me, even if it wasn't legit, literally the first song. But you know that that was sort of what we came up with, I guess, when, when yeah. we asked the question because that that first song, I, I, who knows when that was twenty years ago yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Has it right. changed? Has the rendition of this song changed in the subsequent years? You playing a different E chord than you were back then? <laughs> I, we're, we're tuned down a half step. Okay. So yeah, it's a, yeah. technically it's an E flat. <laughs> Yeah, artistic progression. Right. Yeah, you know, it's going down. That's great. So, take us back to around when this this song was written. Uh, around what year was that? I guess 2010, maybe 12, 13 years ago, right? And um, yeah, it was the demo was on a four track of uh, just the just strumming E for a long, long time, and um, in uh, in a place called Monster Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. down the road here, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Kind of at night, we I think it was Mark's four track, and then um, and then Richie, uh, you remember that? What? That the beginning of that one? When we were jamming on that? Yeah. Let me ask you this question. Just <laughs> go on a tangent. The first time that you guys played that was that that at um, that place in Greenpoint. The oh, the Crocodile Room, Crocodile Room, or whatever. Tommy's Tavern, Tommy's or Tommy's Tavern. maybe. Yeah. The first time this song was played live. That's a good guess. Probably. Yeah. Educated we, guess, Yeah, we, I think, we yeah. played that. I think it was really before Rich was in the band, or Rich was kind of spiritually in the band, and we, <laughs> we didn't have a drummer yet. I was playing drums, and oh, yeah. we were recording this record, and we had these songs. We, we used to play at a place called Tommy's Tavern on Manhattan Avenue all the time, and uh, we wanted to play these songs, and our, our friend uh, Chris Bowman, who played in a, a, a punk band called Nomos at the time and is now in a band called The Follies, which we recently just played with for our record release. You know, he's a great drummer, and, you know, we, we, were, we asked him to play. And, That's right, that was. Yeah, right. and we played yeah, this yeah. song. We also had a song that didn't make the record, which was one of my favorite songs from the record. It was a really long, kind of epic metal, you know, jam that he, he played a blast beat on. And there was, there was disagreement in the studio because <laughs> uh, certain people that won't be named thought he, his... Uh, he wasn't as on. He wasn't tight enough. Yeah. So we tried to take the drums out. He was in a different room. Yeah, you know that yeah, whole yeah. thing. So it kind of had a. Uh, it, it did have a lot of variations. And really, when Rich started playing it with us, is I, I guess is when it really clicked and then started becoming, just sort of, really gelled together. I guess for for lack of a better term. 
So you started out as just a duo? It was guitar, yeah. guitar, drums? Yeah, Mark would play drums. I'd have guitar parts or vice versa, even me playing drums, uh-huh. which hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> and then um, from there, our friend Chris was joined and then Rich joined. So that's gotcha. kind of the progression, yeah. That's cool. And you guys have multiple songwriters in the band contributing material. How does that division of labor work when you guys are uh, uh, practicing new, new stuff or like getting ready to record a record? Yeah, it kind of just, it just who's ever got some ideas really kind of comes in. It's not really, um, if, we're, yeah, if we're recording, it's sort of, if we have, feel like we have a batch, then someone's like, you know, we should record this. And it kind yeah. of everyone else kind of comes up to that idea really. Um, uh, but the three of us practice now, our bass player, Kevin, lives in California. So we get, every, get the shit together and then he comes and then puts his touches on. You know, we're like sending demos back and forth. And uh, if Mark has an idea or I have an idea. We send it to him and figure it out and then get it together. I was kind of curious, when you first started out and you're writing these songs, what band were you kind of envisioning yourself as? Well, that that yeah. song in particular, I mean, is a, is a blatant nod to MC5 and The Spaceman 3. Uh-huh. And I mean, to the point of stealing riffs and stealing lyrics. Uh-huh. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, the... Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, in, I think those both of those bands did that. And, you know, we, we or I, we, I don't want to speak for anybody, but we, I think, appreciate that tradition of, mm-hmm. of continuing that. And especially with, with that sort of, I mean, revolution, that Spaceman 3 song is really a rip of, uh, we always call this song Calm because it's inspired by an MC5 song called Black to Calm. And revolution is essentially black to come, and you know it's just we're, we we just want to be part of that legacy, part of that tradition, and carry that on and, and keep that going. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it keeps on trickling on. It didn't end super well for the MC5. A lot of people ended up in jail. So I'm glad to see <laughs> you guys are not there <laughs> yet. <laughs> I love hearing about bands and especially bands that were around at the time that you guys were first putting out uh, this record, Leave Home. Music doesn't happen in a vacuum, so what, what was going on around you? You kind of mentioned some, but I'd love to hear more if you can remember. Yeah, there was a band called um, Cult Ritual from Florida that we really liked and were friends with and became friends with them. Um, like Mark was saying, Nomos, they were big. We toured them. Our first real, like, real tour mm-hmm. was with them in a van in California and, and up to Washington State. And, and, um, and Milk Music was a, a good friend gotcha. uh, up in Washington. Uh, Pick Me Shoes. Well, Marsh Hens. Marsh Hens. Highway Gimps. Highway Gimps. Oregons. 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 Pop 1280. I mean, there, was, there were so many bands. Some of these bands yeah. still exist. There were so many bands. Yeah. And we, you know, we play places like 538 Johnson, Death by Audio. I have to bleep that out. Constantly. Ask a punk. <laughs> why, why you gotta delete that one? Uh, Can't talk about it. You know, maybe, maybe people might. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Carl, don't draw more Talk attention to it <laughs> by asking him we're, again. Where I get you, we're trying to get you. That's what we got <laughs> yeah, you guys here. What? Drunk driver was cool. <laughs> yeah, drunk driver. Yeah, they'd be like play with them. There was a lot of cool stuff going on at the time, and it was fun. Like there were so many shows. It seemed like almost every week there was a show to go to where there was a band that you felt something for as as people and musically, and you know. But, and it, maybe it was coincidence or whatever, but mm-hmm. and then in New York, but also you know, like Nick was saying, cross country, whether mm-hmm. it was in Florida, Washington, mm-hmm. Destruction Unit in Arizona, we toured with them, Gun mm-hmm. Outfit. I mean, there was just there was a lot of good stuff happening. That's awesome. 
That's a, well, let's get up to uh, today. We're going to move on to the last song, and this is on the new record, New York City. I'm excited to hear it. I love the guitars. <laughs> They're rocking so good. Uh, I want to hear about the new album, New York City. This song was the last one written on it. Yeah, it was a long, long, long journey. <laughs> you know, actually, we recorded even in the studio a uh -huh. little bit, you know, with Paul and um, and, and um, 
and behind Transpicos and his other studio to kind of like get it together. And we kind of thought that was going to be the record because, the, uh, uh, like I said, Kevin's in California mm-hmm. and Rich had something happen before that, that night before. So we were going to kind of make this drum machine record and that was uh-huh. kind of the outset of it. We got together in June of 2020. Okay. Not doing anything the whole week and then we come down and to, this, to, this, to our space and play and then... Um, we kind of developed this thing and we were like, okay, okay, I think it's rolling, it's rolling. And then eventually um, uh, Kevin was able to, to come and, and we had a, like these really cool sessions with Paul because it was sort of made in like a vacuum or something like that. I'm actually curious to hear what he, <laughs> Paul asked Mike, because <laughs> he was very helpful and really kind of helped us get through um, getting these songs sussed out and everything. And then, and then eventually we, we took them um, to where Rich could Rich could play and sending him demos and he was practicing in his basement yeah. and really liked the songs and it really the first time we got together we just knew that that, that, that was what we were after mm-hmm. um, I think his what Richie brought was really strong and, and Mark had a shitload of songs uh-huh. and um, and then from there we, we were able to to just get it down uh, uh, the way we wanted to um, and then we switched labels and there's a whole thing, <laughs> a lot of mountains <laughs> to climb you know and when we did when yeah. we did that session with Paul. Correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but Echo I don't think existed yet. No, I think so. Yeah, I don't think that song existed yet. We recorded pretty much the entire, everything that is on New York City with some songs that are not on New York City, but Echo did not even exist in any shape or form. That was sort of the last 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 minute thing thing that came. You said that Mark has a bunch of songs. How do you decide what makes it on the record? Just a feel thing? Yeah, there's, there's, you know what, we don't have a lot of time really because um, as much as you know things aren't cheap to record um, and and we want to capture and like there's always like more ideas that spill over mm-hmm. you know you, you can't really which I think is a blessing and a curse you can't really kind of cap you just have to stop at some point and um, we knew we wanted to do something tight something that was simple and I think after 30 minutes Listen to something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the title of the album is New York City. And you guys are all from New York City or thereabouts? Well, most of us, yeah. From None of us from the city itself, but we all, or most of us grew up in the area. I won't spill the beans of who, who, the, outlier, <laughs> who the outlier is, but... You know, many of us grew up on Long Island and grew up in that, you know, music scene and coming into the city. I mean, my 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 first show that I ever went to was at a, a club called Tramps in, in the, in the Lower East Side, I think that was in. I think, I've never been there. But. Yeah, that, you know, play, going to places like that and even CBGB's and Coney Island High and places like that when I was in high school and junior high. I'm sure Rich has, went to do that stuff too. And sure. <laughs> so, uh, but I, that title to me was—I uh, mean, I—I—I—I I, I, I like making bold statements, and and that's just—it's uh, to me. You say that that, and it just resonates, and it brings up so much different images, depending on who you are and what your relationship is to it, and the way this whole thing was written. I mean, we—you know—as Nick was saying, we wrote it in the midst of the pandemic when we're going to this our space that we've had for 15 years. And there's no one around. And, you, you know, we would just sit in our houses until our time at the studio, go there, have a beer at the bar, which was still open, but we're the only people there. And it was just it was a weird time in New York. It, it just felt appropriate. I, I also think that 
people forget that New York City was basically like the center of the fucking world for a minute. When this pandemic started, it, yeah. like New York City was the epicenter. Mm-hmm. So Lord knows everyone was fucking thinking about New York City for at least mm-hmm. maybe a year or two. But I, I also do think that the title can mean many different things to many different people. Some people are like, oh, wow, cool. Or some people might be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? I think it's cool because of that. And anyone could take the way that we take it from it is a different than you guys would take from it or someone from anywhere in America or the world. But it is like, uh, I'm going to cut my mic off right now. <laughs> I mean, I do think it's cool because, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, the album does sound like very steeped in like New York rock and roll, like as far as influences, you know, like New York, like seventies punk and, you know, um, so I do think that there's like a, it does evoke like a very strong like sense of place, which I think is cool. And I do think it's cool that making like bold declarations, you know, is, uh, ones that could like also easily be misinterpreted is like a very cool thing. Simple. Yeah. But also, you know, proud, I'm proud to be from New York. I love New York. I, you, you know, and proud to be part of that New York music. You know, I love New York music and the history of New York punk and all the stuff you're referencing, and I wear that with with pride. And I also to be noted, a lot of like so-called New York City bands, like the Dead Boys, are originally from Ohio, but no one talks about that. <laughs> yeah. They're a New York City band. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the city. You want to grill the Dead Boys? Yeah. <laughs> you guys aren't grilling us, but you know what I mean. Being a transplant is also one of the most New York things that you could be. Well, I think that takes us up to uh, what you guys consider your best song. You guys want to play that one for us? Yeah, let's do it.
Hell yeah, that was great. Uh, what was the name of that one? Around the Corner. Tell us a little bit about that. Why did you guys like that as your best song? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were, I, I think that kind of uh, exemplified the like sleaze, you know, that we're kind of going for, you know. Um, I really like slow. Like, I love fast stuff, but like with that, but I thought the. Um, uh, I, it also like it was kind of we had like this other song when we were we were writing, uh, and it, and this other song was like really cool and we had it together and then all of a sudden that this song just kind of like slipped in and kind of like encapsulated that other that other tune yeah and it kind of took over its best ele- almost like a monster it kind of took over its best elements and then kind of becoming Absorbing around the corner amoeba like yeah and different lyrics kind of evolved and um, we did that song actually with Paul. And with different lyrics, I yeah, believe. with different lyrics, and then um, cool. It seems like uh, came through. in a lot of cases for you guys, like the songs kind of just evolve very quickly, and you try to get them to tape. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty right. soon, like it, it, and that's I, why I think it was the quote unquote our best. Yeah. Because it just kind of came together, and that's usually the best stuff that comes together so fast, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like there's something to be said for, like, sitting on something and kind of, like, woodshedding it for a while until you feel like it's right, but sometimes that can also kill it. So, um, and you guys have been very prolific in your output over the past, you know, 15-odd years. I mean, you guys have, like, a dozen or so albums. So uh, do you guys feel like you um, you sit on stuff, like, sometimes for a while, put it out a few years later, or is... When you're releasing an album, is it mostly stuff that you've come up with since the previous album? Kind of mix and match. So, songs like that kind of come together, you know, and other songs like, you know, I know, I'm sure you have parts you've played for like years. Yeah. And all of a sudden they materialize into like this really cool thing. Just This was mostly new, though, I think. I don't think yeah. this is a lot of sit on this record. It's not really a bunch of stuff that kind of like emerged. But yeah, this is pretty new, I think. Since you guys both are singers in the band and both write, do you write lyrics for one another, or is it pretty much writing lyrics for yourself? It's been done occasionally, mm-hmm. but for the most part, we write we, we write them separately. But there, there's a, there's always an open line when you know bounce ideas off of one another. There's been a few songs where we've collaborated on lyrics, but for the most part, it's sort of you know you bring the idea, you you see the idea through, or you kill the idea yourself. You know. Try, I think we try to support each other and, and, and others because we're not the only, we, we haven't been the only songwriters throughout the years. And, you know, and, and if somebody has an idea, try to see that through till its natural end. And sometimes that ends up as a recorded song or something that we end up playing live. I mean, there's plenty of songs we played live that we haven't recorded and have recorded and haven't put out or have demoed and have, didn't make it past then or try to let that sort itself out rather than interject our own you know our because at the end of the day like what do we know about you know you can't what, i don't know I, I have no idea if it's good or not <laughs> this one makes sense to me as the as the best for the new york city record because it's uh, a little dirty like new york city on the surface it seems simple because the structure is sort of just verse chorus and kind of riff based driving the song but then it's probably the song i spent the most time listening to uh today and last night and then upon reflection it's like it's very a complex song and it kind of goes all over the place the time signatures are a bit odd and uh you have like the droney um 
heavy riffs and then the tapping stuff. So it kind of, it's all over the place. And like New York, uh, there's more than meets the eye. That's awesome. That's a cool uh, thought, man. Thank you. Um, you can yeah. uh, give use me it, some credit later. Yeah, use it on, it on your press release. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're talking about writing lyrics for one another and writing lyrics for yourself, generally, how do lyrics come out? Are you guys the type of people that walk around with little notebooks and write down ideas, or is it just kind of going off what you're feeling in the moment? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think the, um, the melody drives so much of that. So whatever sort of strange words you're sort of... Well, words, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not really even words. Uh-huh. You kind of like mouth those, and then maybe there's a reason that you're saying that word over and over. And um, I'm sort of half the person who does walk around with a notebook, you know, doing laundry or something like that, or sort of try to set aside time. Mm-hmm. And other times, um, things come out very quickly like that one, you know. Yeah, it came out like a quick change into something that was kind of fit the song a little better than the other version. Yeah, you, you don't really, I try not to question it too much until, I, I really like reading stuff the next day or leaving things blank, you know, leave that last line blank and then you come kind of, kind of, kind of fill it in the next day um, because I think you kind of, you come back from it and, and you see it as something that exists outside of you and then that was a different person that wrote that and then you can kind mm-hmm. of mess with it that way. That's a really good you know? point. Yeah, that is a really good point to see your stuff with some time always gives you a totally different perspective than when it's That's fresh right. off the presses. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you chose that one as your best song because it's pretty good, but I can't wait to hear what you've decided is your worst song. Uh, could you set this one up for us? Yeah, I mean, this one's called Fire, and uh, I don't think it's our worst song in the sense of it's bad. I mean, it, it, we, uh, you know, I love all our songs, so it's, it's, that's a tough uh, mm-hmm. question to ask. But to me... That song is off a record we did called Devil Music, which we did after uh, putting out four records in four years and recording those records in, in two years and, you know, playing hundreds of shows. And I think in some ways we were, you know, it was a, it was a weird time for us. And I, I think that, that record is just our nastiest in, in some ways. And it's our worst in the sense of it's, it's our, our meanest. And, uh, you know, I think the, 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 that led the way for this one to sort of fill that gap, it's sort of coming from a dark place that, uh, you know, we were at once that not necessarily at since or, or big before. Do you feel like it takes you back to a unpleasant time? When not you anymore. I mean, for me, that song was, oh, this song, after recording it, I had a tough time playing it for a long time because it's sort of, I just got very self-conscious about it all. And, and now I feel a lot better about it because it's sort of now settled itself into just being a song that is just, is a song. It feels better. Let's hear it.
Jesus Christ is right. That one was fucking rocking. Uh, do you guys ever hear from the uh, radical right about your music? Do they ever? Fucking hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we interviewed Mark in 2017, and uh, I w- went to this bar right after we'd finished that interview, and I was telling this bartender that we were interviewing Mark from The the Men, and she s- gave me this anecdote about this time she saw a little chalkboard sign written. It was somewhere in Brooklyn, and it said, Performing Tonight, The Men, and she went in, and it was just some old dudes playing country music, and she felt so betrayed by this chalkboard sign. So I'm wondering, do you ever run into problems with having such a simple band name. Are you sure that wasn't us? <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've run into that a few times. I mean, there's still, I mean, you know, we're playing in April at Rough Trade, and our friend Colin sent me a, uh, an advertisement for the show. There's a band in Sweden called The Men. Oh, really? There's a, and uh, it was a picture of them, you know? <laughs> it, it wasn't us, so. There's a uh, Vietnamese uh, pop band called The Men as well. This man's confusing a lot of my family. <laughs> Is it a direct lift? I, that, that's, sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> sounds kinda, good. Kinda sounds like you guys. <laughs> I can see how it would be confusing. I would definitely say sleazy. These guys are huge. Yeah. <laughs> They're a lot more popular than you guys are, actually. <laughs> Who do you think would win in a fist fight? The men versus the men. (laughs) That was a great song. Loved hearing about the setup on it and how you were in a maybe a worse spot when this was coming out. Taylor asked if you get back there when you're playing it. How did you feel this time when you played it? You're still connected. Feels good to me. I mean, I can still connect to that feeling. I mean, I you know, I I I think there's probably some level of of anger uh, to all of our songs and. You know, but that's part of what music is, is an, a- an outlet for those feelings that so you don't have to, uh, you know, do things in the real world. You know, you can you can have it and, and sort of hopefully be able to have some set level of peace amongst that. I also feel like that song has taken on like a new life. I've been playing it recently. Yeah. Yeah, it has. Yeah, yeah I agree. What do you mean by that? Uh, what what's the new life look like? I don't know. I feel like all our songs are kind of like that, at least for me. Yeah. You just play it so many times, you mm-hmm. step away from them and you come back. Like, I think the last time we started playing that recently, but we hadn't played it s- for a long time. Six years. Uh-huh. So, I don't have as much sharpness associated with that song. Do you have your mic? Step on, on sorry. Oh, I have to step on that. Sh- can you hear me? I can still hear it. <laughs> before, we, before we go, I do want to acknowledge that we don't have a bassist with us right now. Right. <laughs> want to say hi to Kevin. In L.A., right? In L.A., yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be playing with us at our Rough Trade show. So. And when is this Rough Trade show? April 14th. April 14th. Yeah. Oh, cool. In Rockefeller Center. Oh, right. They moved over there. I was. It's a free show yeah. on uh, it's 53. Yeah, you should come. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. feels so weird that it's in Rockefeller Center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite part about it. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. so, bi- I mean, so it's bizarre. Uh-huh. You can go to, like, FAO Schwartz <laughs> Yeah, go play on the big piano. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm back. Here I am. We're going to get into uh, the play-out song. Can you tell us a little bit about what you want to do for your wildcard song? This is a quick one, <laughs> as all endings should be. And it's called Crime, and it's fast, and it's, sl- and it's slow. 
<laughs> and it's about to be over. And it's getting a little confusing. Well, thank you so much again, guys, for doing this show with us at Studio G. We're so happy to be back here. Check them out. Rough Trade, April 14th.